Welcome to episode 19 of Thor, aka the House of Rep. I'm your host, filmmaker Ray Janjua. I'm joined by Rep Valkyrie Pri. Say hi, Pri. Hello, everyone. Hope you guys are doing great. Okay, so we're back in action. You know, we've seen um, a lot of developments lately in like movies and stuff that we'll talk about in the, you know, in upcoming episodes. And this episode is about the Eurovision Song Contest movie, uh, The Story of Fire Saga. So this was a really, really enjoyable Netflix film. It's trending right now on Netflix. It's one of the recommendations that it was saying in the, um, the top list. And yeah, this film was enjoyable. I liked it. I, I, I'm always a big fan of Will Ferrell's work. I've loved him since he played, um, you know, that, that henchman in uh, Austin Powers. So the Austin Powers films was some of my favorite films. And I'd love to do a fourth one if I ever get the chance. Jay Roach, Mike Myers, they make some really great films. And Will Ferrell was just amazing in that. He's also amazing in Elf. If you haven't seen Elf, it's an amazing film that John Favreau directed before he made Iron Man. So it's one of my favorite Christmas films because it's just so silly. It's about um, an elf, like a grown guy who thinks he's an elf and he was raised by Santa and everyone. So it's quite funny. It's a really good Ironically, movie. Ironically, in this movie, they are invisible elves as well. Yeah, which we'll <laughs> touch on too, which is yeah. really cool. So yeah, so let's let's talk about the cast, Pri. Like, who's in this film? Uh, we've got uh, Rachel McAdams. She's a, yeah. a very good Canadian actress. She's been in a lot of films. Um, so she's been recently in Doctor Strange. And um, she plays the second lead in this film to Will Ferrell's character. They play two Icelandic singers yeah. now um, called Lars Eriksson and Sigrid Eriksson's daughter or something. <laughs> Sorry, my, I'm butchering the, uh, the um, Icelandic surname. But she basically plays like uh, Sigrid. So she's really cool. Sigrid. Sigrid. Yeah, Sigrid. 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 I'm trying to basically figure out how to pronounce <laughs> these amazing Icelandic names. So sorry if there are any Icelandic listeners out there who, you know, are like pissed that I'm saying their names wrong. I don't mean it. I'm just trying to figure it out. So this one's really cool because like it is a Eurovision movie. Now, the Eurovision Song Contest is really fun. Me and Shen, uh, Shen's another member of the Rep Knights. He is a huge fan of uh, the Eurovision Song Contest. And he got me hooked on it because I used to watch it like every now and then. But, um, you know, whenever it's on, whenever I can find the time, I check it out. And there have been some amazing, amazing talent and that, that has kind of come in and out of that place. So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, interesting note, though, this film was supposed to release... At the same time that the 2020 song contest was supposed to happen. So what you were supposed to do is watch them in tandem. But the COVID-19 pandemic that's been occurring. Um, you know, I hope everyone out there is really well and, you know, is okay. Um, you know, it's been quite a crazy like ride you know to try and ride through this thing so um the film was delayed so after they cancelled it they released it in june so um it came out on netflix i just really like this film pre what are your thoughts on this movie i mean it's definitely a very nice romantic comedy movie i mean the way they portray i mean song singing is our passion Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we it? do love to sing. And uh, and watching something of our interest, also Eurovision is so famous in the whole of Europe with this mm -hmm. contest, like singing competition, and the way they portray between these two lovely couples, 
trying to, you know, get into this contest and they've been, you know, trying to level best in childhood. Remember when he was a little boy and people were making fun of him. I really like that scene because it reminded me of my youth when people used to think that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I would tell people that I want to do this or play the guitar. And I remember um, there's a really interesting story I want to share where, like, I wanted to play guitar for a long time. And I went into the store with my father to buy a guitar. And basically the salesman talked me out of buying a guitar because he went really into, you've got to train on this classical guitar. You've got to start with a, you know, a junior quarter guitar. Then you've got to build yourself up. By the time I was done um, listening to him, he had completely put me off the idea of even picking a guitar up. It wasn't until, I guess, about... Roughly now, I can't remember the time scale exactly, but it took about six years for me to pick up a guitar again. And what I did is I just went to Argos and I bought the crappiest guitar that I could get with a speaker, you know, like with a, sorry, not speaker, an with amp. Speaker. Yeah, with an amp built in, <laughs> okay. right? And then I just started learning myself and I broke strings. I got mad. I got pissed at myself that I couldn't get this stuff, you know, working because I wanted to be just like, you know, Eddie Van Halen and all these guys, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know... And I'm, guess what, people? Ray is an amazing, amazing guitarist. I am good. <laughs> I'm still not at the level. No. I, I'm not at the level of Eddie. But, and, but you're uh, really good. You have your electric guitar. Guys. And what was yeah. the other one? The second uh, one? They're called acoustic guitars. Okay. So yeah. both of them, he can play really well. Yeah. I can also uh, play classical as well. Uh -huh. So those are like nylon string guitars that you see mariachi uh, people play and people in orchestras and stuff. They're a different type of string setup. So instead of being steel string, String that gives off that really kind of nice cowboy sound um, these are those kind of like flamenco style guitars and I love them because they're very romantic and I write a lot of songs with my acoustic guitar right now but I haven't you know gotten around to buying a nylon string guitar but when I do play one day we should play it for, for, for everyone for yeah, the probably, out there probably or you know <laughs> like when we get some stuff done musically you guys will have a nice Nice surprise, you know, <laughs> about what we can do. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, going back to the film. Uh, yes, yeah, so when really he was good. a little boy, I mean, I like the confidence when he turned around and said, like, one day, you know, he's going to win the contest, isn't it, honey? Yeah, and I uh, like that a lot. Yeah, he had the confidence, you know. Yeah. And also, like, uh, Rachel, when she was young, I mean, she couldn't speak, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And then she started, I mean, you know, supporting Will you know, from since childhood and that connection they had since childhood till the adulthood, it was really good. I mean, it's a really nice story. And, can, you know, I it's really interesting because it's actually written by Will Ferrell and huh? Andrew Steele. So he wrote it with a lot of nice <laughs> ideas and a lot of heart. So there's a nice journey structure from start oh, yes. to finish. Um, the storyline about him and Cigarette, the comedy aspects, yeah. you know, the, the I love all the humor notes in the film. There's some funny stuff where he bashes, like, American culture, <laughs> him being an American himself. Tell it's them so about funny. the Starbucks thing. I know, <laughs> he just makes fun of, like, how Americans, he's like, you're not welcome here, Americans, you know, like, uh, you know, fine, go, go find, find a Starbucks. Star Starbucks or something. And the Ameri something. Americans can't tell if he's being helpful or, or being angry at them. So it's a funny <laughs> scene. It's really good. 
Um, Rachel McAdams plays Sigrid really nicely. You know, she she and Will Ferrell studied, you know, like the mannerisms of the Icelandic people, you know, their little kind of quirks and cultural styles and stuff. So it's really good. I love the start when they do the Volcano Man song. That bit's quite nice because it really <laughs> brought me in. I thought, wow, this is going to be a funny film. Like, their little music video was really funny. And They're then, very cute and hilarious. Yeah. Like, together, like, on that volcano with that song. It's just so so fun. But that was a funny song. But yeah. later in the movie, the other two songs that they did for the competition. The songs are really good. That was really nice yeah. and touching. We're going to talk more about that, yeah? But before we do that, I think we should talk about the plot, isn't it, honey? Yeah, so we'll talk about the plot. So, basically, um, Lars and Sigrid are Fire so Saga. So, basically, <laughs> the band's called Fire Saga. And um, they're basically trying to get an entry into the Eurovision Song Contest. So yeah. I'm posting spoilers on here. But basically, um, so just watch the film first before listening to this podcast. And what happens is, is that they try really hard to become the nominated band for Iceland. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that they actually get randomly picked out of the, what they call the kind of reserve pile of artist that didn't make the cut because Iceland have already picked a singer like a lady called Tatiana or something Katiana so basically Katiana is played by Demi Lovato and basically she's gonna win so they want her to win now the the plot is is that if the Eurovision if Iceland wins the Eurovision Song Contest they're gonna get bankrupt because they don't have the infrastructure to host the actual contest so the guy who's involved with the central bank of iceland he's basically manipulating the story so that nobody their country won't win so after a really horrible failed and quite comedic um you know um performance from fire saga they basically fail so will ferrell's really sad and you know uh, Rachel McAdams comes to see him and is consoling him and then the party boat that they're all supposed to be on um, you know like for all the contestants and stuff it blows up killing, yeah. killing everyone and the funny part was like the couple were there watching from a distance like you know they were supposed to be there they're not there they were unhappy and when it blew up <laughs> Whose hand came next to them? Demi Lovato's oh hand. Oh my god, it was Kat like, oh Katiana. my god. And then they realized at that moment, right, like everybody is blown up. Like yeah. you know, nobody will be there yeah. to take the, uh, you know, yeah. the, the place. So it's such a funny scene because they're like laughing, crying at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they were like happy and sad. they're happy, sad, yeah. sad, and they don't know what to, how to deal with it. So it's so funny. So then they end up going to Edinburgh where the concert's being held. So you get to see Edinburgh. It's a it's a really nice place. I haven't seen. I haven't visited yet. I visited Glasgow with Pre, but um, you know I want to check out Edinburgh because uh, you know Scotland's a great place. Yeah. So when they get there, you know they they have trouble basically adjusting to the remix of the song and the kind of pageantry and showmanship, the bigger scale that the Eurovision brings because Iceland now have like this team that are basically helping them to win. So they've got choreographers, they've got costume makers. Before, Lars did all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So um, Sigrid, she basically loves the kind of low-key kind of intimate dynamic that they have. And Sigrid's always been in love with him as well. 
you know, and, and I know never that spoke about it. Yeah, and Lars, I know, kind of loves her too, but he's just so focused. He's got this tunnel vision on of winning, you know. So basically, he he says to her, "Look, we can't be together. You know, I can't show you my my feelings because it will affect the band dynamic." So what happens is, is that like they basically run into people that become antagonists for their journey. So what they what they do is they first they see Alexander Lemtov. So Alexander Lemtov is a Russian singer who's one of the favorites to win the contest and he's um he's portrayed by Dan Stevens who's a phenomenal British actor. So he's very good in this film um as uh, as Alexander Lemtov and his comedic timing is pretty decent and stuff. So you know, they go to basically a kind of party that he holds because he's like filthy rich. So he invited them to a party yeah. in his at his house, mm. and then uh, obviously, uh, when I mean that that that's when the thing happened, right? When you know, like uh, Sigrid wanted to stay on, like she loved dancing and all. Yeah, you there's know. like an awkwardness between them because like um, Will Ferrell doesn't kind of feel totally comfortable there yeah. and feels like Alexander's basically trying to show off and put moves on Cigarette and then he feels kind of a little bit kind of jaded and wants to leave but Cigarette kind of wants to stay so they kind of like get separated and um, he's kind of waiting for Cigarette to return to the hotel room uh, but she... Like oh sorry I missed a whole bit that happens before. There's a song off that happens. Oh yes. So that, that bit is it, a really it, fun it, bit yeah. because you have real previous they, they, contestants. They started off with that sure music. Is it a do you believe? Yeah, believe, which is a classic. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people like you know. I remember back in the day when that song came out. I was like, this is a banger. You know, <laughs> this is like some Euro Euro bang because I love my dance songs and share's great. <laughs> So I remember, like you know, like the kids making fun of me for loving this song, you know, and I was just like, she, this, she has this song a very was great, unique voice. and it was one of the first, you know, like trivia-wise, this is one of uh, this that was one of the first songs that used autotune. Yeah. So basically, you know autotune where you adjust the person's vocal range up and down and then everyone started abusing it. You know, she had that computerized kind of autotune. That was the first time that basically... So it's not, not the first time that autotune has ever been used to so, kind of... But that's not think, her actual voice? No, no, no. It's Cher's voice because she's an amazing singer. Yeah. But it was the first time they did that vocal kind of like auto-tuning kind of thing commercially yeah. that... Personally, I heard, mm. and I think popular, popular, well, popular. So what am I saying? Uh, made it popular. Popularity. So yeah, it made it more popular. So everyone started using it. Otherwise, but, it's she, a, but she has a very unique voice. I mean, you know, in the nineties when I heard her song for the first time, mm. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs. I mean, she's an amazing still, singer. It's one of my favorite songs, and then they started off, you know, with that song, and they were like continuing, you know, with the other songs. It was a kind of a is it. More like a competition? No, it's, it's, like it's not a competition. It's the song like off is kind of like a... Song off, yeah. Um, Sorry, the wrong word. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, not really a competition. It's kind of like a celebration. Yeah. So basically everyone, you know, does like a kind of, like a, what I call like a mashup of uh, like a... Every, all songs. Yeah, of all these different songs. So yeah. you've got like ABBA, you got, um, you know, some other songs in there and it was really cool. You really guys cool. should watch that part. It's amazing. Yeah, it's one of the highlights of the film because a and lot of you, the... if you guys love singing, that part, you'll enjoy it, definitely. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and I totally agree because, like, it's it's really nice. It's staged well. You've got previous, you know, contestants from the Eurovision Song Contest, so they're all there. So it's really nice. So, um, 
Yeah, and then what happens is that Alexander introduces Lars and Sigrid to Greek singer Mita. So Mita's the Greek entry into uh, the Eurovision Song Contest, and then they basically both have some kind of a game where they're both trying to come on to Lars and Sigrid individually. Um, so Alexander and Sigrid spend the night together because she gets a little hammered, and then but they don't actually do anything. So he just kind of braids her hair and kind of like tries to put moves on her and says, "Look, we gotta, we gotta be together because I'm rich. I can make you a career, and let's be a duo and stuff." And then Lars and Mita end up together, but when Sigrid comes back to the hotel room, she sees them together, and that creates a rift. Yeah. She thinks that they've slept together. So this and, co- and Sigrid actually thought this Russian singer was a, was a gay guy. Yeah, and like, you know, that's never really been proven whether or not he might be um, bi or, you know, like, whatever his, like, uh, you know, orientation is, um, the film doesn't kind of make that apparently clear and it doesn't need to because yeah. like you know whatever alexander wants to be he can be you know like he, I mean, he's a very a reason, metro guy that's the reason why sigrid was more comfortable staying with him you know? yeah because he's very in touch with his feminine side yeah. you know his beautification and you know he he really does love himself you know a lot because he's got these greek statues of himself in his house and stuff so he has this kind of like um almost like you know like he really loves he's very vain so he loves himself yeah so you know like um there's a lot of other beats in the film that are really good you know like um the tension the arguments they have are quite fun because it starts derailing their semi-final plans and then Lars tries to talk to her and hears her writing a really beautiful song now that song will will kind of play back um you know come back at the end of the film but basically she's writing this amazing song of how much she loves Lars mm. and their relationship and her home and it's a beautiful and well-written song um really good like you know uh yeah it's so good and then basically um Lars wrongly assumes that it's a love song for Alexander then he gets haunted by Katiana's ghost so this is like really random like (laughs) Out of nowhere. Boom. Yeah, so Katiana's ghost comes danger. and says, you're in danger. You're, you're going to die and stuff. And he ignores her. So <laughs> so then Fire Saga reconciled before the semifinals. And then they do that Double Trouble song. Now, I like Double Trouble. I think it's a really fun song. And the stage setup for that is really fun with this giant hamster wheel. And then uh, basically something really fun like screwed up happens with Sigrid's scarf, gets caught in the hamster wheel, the hamster yeah. wheel goes flying, Lars goes flying, Sigrid gets hurt, and then But the funny part is like even if they got I mean they fell off the stage, they still continued singing. That's what's really good about them yeah. and that's what I love about this film. There's a written underneath it is a never say die, never give up attitude. And I love that about life. It's like no matter what is thrown at you you never give up. My whole life, yeah, growing up, people have told me that I can't do what I want to do. Yeah, and I've always fought against that. You know, they said that, you know, guitar's hard. I can play guitar. They said, don't ride a motorbike. I can ride any kind of motorbike in the world, from big choppers to, you know, one, two, fives. You know, I taught myself and screenwriting, filmmaking, you know, everything, photography. You know, my dad handed me a camera and said, listen, take some photos at this wedding. And then I learned a camera by doing it. So basically what you, what people say to you that you can't do, this is, this is something that I'm going to tell you guys, don't listen. 
yes. to that part of that yourself that tries they, to talk you out of stuff and also don't listen to other people trying to talk you out and not doing what should, you want to do they should listen to their heart yeah. they should listen to their mind they should listen to what they believe in it and they should keep on going because people will i mean not everyone but the bad people will always like who wants to bring you down will definitely bring you down but you yourself will know the feeling that you can do it mm. it's you yourself who you can help you know to come out from that fear and just face it and just do it at the end of the day it's your achievement mm-hmm. yeah? and even if you fail yeah and you drop to one knee it's when you get back up yes the bike yeah. fell on me i felt the full weight of it when i used to take my first few lessons and i lifted that damn thing up and even i come off my bike sometimes nowadays i lift it back up i keep going you know i've i've you know low sided a couple of times you know i've broken strings on my guitar i've you know my guitar wasn't working the electronics messed up in it but i opened it and fixed it you know you tinker you do stuff my films like a lot of the stuff that i've tried to do you have like the best intents to make this epic kind of film but it doesn't come out the way you want it to so you learn from failure failure is one of the best teachers and what you do is you learn from that and you keep going and that's really what a rep night does we we no matter if you knock us down on a knee we will always rise back up we never give up yeah we never give up exactly Rep nights. <laughs> so, so it's really cool. So, uh, going back to this, I love this film. This film is just so good. Storyline, underlying tone, production design's amazing. Cinematography was from Danny Cohen. It was directed by um, David Dobkin. Now, David Dobkin is very interesting because he directed Shanghai Nights. So, Shanghai Nights is one of my, um, I wouldn't say my favorite Jackie Chang film. I'll do an entire, um, I think it's almost like a season of Jackie Chang films because I'm a huge Jackie Chang fan. I love Jackie Chang as a director, as a martial artist. I grew up with his films. I actually, you know, wanted to like follow in his footsteps to do stunts, you know, at one point in my life when I was a kid. I used to flip all around in high school. Everyone's like, oh, Ray, you're going to be like Jackie Chang. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to smash into stuff. I love it. Oh, my. Yeah. So, um, David Dobkin directed that and he's coming off of those kind of films and music video experience he did videos for Tupac Maroon 5 you know all these kind of bands so um he's got a he's got a you know like a rooted career and talent in music which is why this film's coverage shot layout and also the cinematography and spectacle were very well captured and that essence and feeling of the eurovision and performing was incredible because you got to see it from the other side as well the preparation you know things that you don't normally see so it's really cool it was a really good film it makes me actually inspires me to do a documentary about possibly somebody's entry into the eurovision and just following them you know like maybe uh one of england's entries one day i'll put a crew together and follow them and see if they can actually finally win one so it'd be really cool now i can't remember if uh england's actually ever won um my history of eurovision is really crap but um you know it would be nice to follow a band as they try to kind of make it just like the film it'd be pretty cool so let's carry on so where are we in the story <laughs> um when they went for the competition and the funny part is like after they went back 
from the stage and continued singing. They didn't hear any clap. They yeah, some a, people they, were laughing, right? Yeah, and then Will went away. Yeah. But I think later they got the clap, isn't it? See, With, the thing is, is that Will... Um, Will's character Lars basically has always had that kind of chip on his shoulder because oh I've completely you know like forgotten how good Pierce Brosnan is in this film so <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is one of my favorite actors sorry Pierce if you're listening but I completely <laughs> forgot to talk about you you are my James Bond you know like like you are you Timothy Dalton are my Era of James Bond, and I would add Daniel as well. But I've always loved Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, World's Not Enough. I really wanted to work with you. You know, I was hoping that I could grow up quicker and make a Bond film with you. But then obviously you left a role and retired. But I still want to work with you one day, Pierce. You're one of my favorite actors. You're a great, Definitely. legendary actor. You've got an amazing range. I saw you in <laughs> Taffin. I saw you in Dante's Peak. You know, like, there's a lot of films. Um, I even saw um that that Sunset film you did with Brett Ratner, which wasn't very good. But you were good in it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I came film. to know about Pierce Brosnan from Remington Steel. Yeah, so this Since is very Remington interesting. Steel. So you watched all of Remington Steel? Yeah, I love it. I watched it. a lot of reruns of Remington love it. Steel. My parents love it. Mm. Literally, my whole family loves it. It's very interesting because Remington Steel was a really important show for Pierce because it was trying to set him up to, um, you know, like, uh, get very familiar with American audiences. Yeah. So the idea was is that Remington Steele was the name of the lady, and she wasn't getting taken seriously. So Pierce basically joins the team um, as a nameless guy who becomes a Remington Steele. You never really knew who he was. And they ran the series for a while, and then they cancelled it, and then Pierce got Living Daylights. So originally, Pierce was the first choice to play Bond in Living Daylights, and I'll and I'll cover this in my, um, you know, Next my week. whole series of Bond films that um, I'll talk about every Bond film because I'm a huge Bond aficionado, and I love the James Bond films, and I hope to direct one one day. Um, Pierce actually went on to Living Daylights, then they renewed his contract, and they basically, like, messed and delayed his chance of becoming Bond earlier. So we would have got more films with him. We would have got Living Daylights with Pierce in it. License to Kill with Pierce in it. Not to say that Timothy Dolan wasn't an amazing Bond. He was so hard-edged. Living Daylights is still one of my top films. I love the song by Aha. I love the movie, and we're going to have a full review about that in the upcoming episodes. So Pierce is excellent in this film. He plays like a womanizing, widowed father of laws in that very small town. They make fun of the fact that possibly most of the people in the town are his children, you know, because he's quite a player <laughs> in that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's just a really fun movie. It's really it's really cool. Um so when they se they separate, Lars kind of just goes yeah. back, doesn't he? He goes back, yes. And yeah. he didn't even watch the television because in on the television they were saying like they got selected. Because remember, mm. everybody was scared when they were giving the scoring. Yeah. And they saw the scores of Iceland coming like given by all the judges. Yeah. And then finally they got to the finals and it was literally being announced on, on the TV. But he didn't even saw that. He was so engrossed like it didn't happen. They did, They lost it and he yeah, went Yeah, he back. put headphones on. He put his sunglasses glasses on with yeah. his crazy fashion <laughs> his fashion looked really cool and then he was just going home yeah. and he was just zoning out so he and missed then, everything yes. Alexander and Sigrid sat together and the Icelandic council the ones who were involved in the actual funding were 
really kind of blown away. This was the first time they actually thought that Spire Saga did a great job. Yeah. And they felt kind of that national pride you get. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you know what happened? And then countries started voting for the team. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. Yeah, and they got in. Yeah. So to their shock, they and, got into the finals. And 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 uh, he didn't even know when he reached home. He that was, was so funny. He was about to go for fishing, was it? Basically, he decided to retire and yeah. work on the fishing boat and with his then dad. And guy came and said, like, you are in, what, been selected or something? Somebody on the boat basically told him after. He's like, <laughs> why didn't you tell me before? And then it was so funny because then he makes up with his dad. His dad said that, you know... There's one thing I want to tell you. I'm so proud of you because you never gave up. Yeah. You know, and that was the Icelandic spirit he was saying. <laughs> so it was a really and nice. And we forgot the most important part. He went to see the elves. Yeah, but he goes to see the elves after, isn't it? Like, now. We're yeah, just touching now, on it. Now. Yeah, because he's so like, he, Sigrid, I'm coming! And then he yeah. dives into the water <laughs> to, like, escape. And, and, That's a funny bit, man. And the elf, yeah. they had this small, tiny, beautiful house. Yeah. And then he went there to thank them. Yeah, I have to set that up because Sigrid always thanks them. She yes. gives them biscuits yes. and, and tea and she believes in them. But, he did but not, Lars, Lars doesn't. Didn't believe, he doesn't but believe in the elves. later he believed it. Yeah. And he went to thank the elves, you know. Yeah. Giving them, was it a drink? <laughs> he gave them basically like wine or yeah. you know biscuits and just an offering basically yeah. what Sigrid does and then he got he was basically picked up by the governor of the Bank of Iceland who's responsible for everything Victor yeah so Victor takes him there and then he attempts to murder him yeah yeah so he's the <laughs> one who basically blew the boat up. And he even revealed there like he was the one who blew up. Yeah. You know, we, we are like bankrupt, we cannot do it. And then yeah. what happened next, honey? No, you tell them what happened next because it's an amazing bit. I love that bit. <laughs> so basically what happened was like when, when Victor was trying to kill Lars, mm. yeah, Victor was shot with a small knife yeah. from behind. Stabbed, not Stabbed. shot. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get shot. You can't Sorry, stab. Yeah. And then the and then Lars turned around and checked like who was He's that? Like, what what and, happened? And, and then, then the door closed. And the door of the elves. <laughs> the door of the elves closed. Yeah. And he was like, wow, the they exist. They exist. And what was I the line he said? Like, Maybe. I will leave this knife for you in case you want to do some murder. <laughs> that was so funny. That's my fa- that's my favorite that, line in the entire film. Where yes, he's like, that's... "I'm just gonna leave this here in case you, you want, want to murder to... someone else." Later. <laughs> so, that yeah. was hilarious, guy. Yeah. You should see that part. Oh I mean, my God. it was really funny. It's, it's funny the way. I mean, Lars is really hilarious actor, and the way he said it, that yeah. sentence was so freaking. And then he busts like you know, like he just gets on the plane. Rushes there, and then they met the American people. Yeah, and he runs into the same Americans he was he was making fun of. Yeah, and they basically rented a mini. Uh, was it was it a mini? I think. Yeah. Was, so yeah. in the mini, they just start speeding, and he t- tells them the wrong information that yeah. there's no speed limit here yeah. in Europe. <laughs> in Edinburgh, you can do whatever you want. So the kids going crazy, driving crazy, and then he gets dropped off, and then he mocks them, but also kind of like it's quite funny because he never invites them into the show. He just kind of like <laughs> leaves them after all that stuff. That's... So he makes it uh, just in time. Yeah. For the grand finale in time to perform. Yes. Uh, what he does though, it's really, really, really kind of like heartfelt and amazing. It's beautiful. He doesn't. He doesn't tell Sigrid to perform Double Trouble. 
yeah. the kind of like refined version, the finale version that they set up, he asks her to perform her song. Yeah. Yeah? So her song is called Husavik, which is basically the town name. Yeah? So she she wrote it for their friends and families, you know, and basically her life, you know, and what it means to be part of that small, um, you know, like that small town in Iceland. So it's an amazing and very beautiful song. And everyone's touched by it when they yeah. watch it. Because they, they sang in English and then they had this Icelandic uh, part song yeah, as well. Yeah, which is not allowed, but they, they do. Wicked. Yeah, but it was a very wicked song. It was yeah. so beautiful. I mean, I can't speak Icelandic, but mm. the song was so beautifully written. It was so beautifully sung. Mm. And you guys should watch it. And we love and appreciate all cultures. So yeah. we love to listen to music from all kinds of um, different countries and styles. So this was an amazing song. Definitely. I mean, they were worried like when uh, Secret mentioned like we would be disqualified, but Lars was like, you know what, just go ahead to yeah. sing your song. And I thought that that was a very proud moment for him because yeah. his whole life he wanted to win, mm. but he didn't realize that he already won the heart of Secret, and that was more important. And they won the heart of the whole of the Icelandic community. Very true. Like literally everybody. That that that's the most important thing, you know. Like you win the heart of people of the passion that you love. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's really that's really is um, you know that's the real cusp of it. It's not, and they finally kiss at the end. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. And also, they kind of like I'm not sure if they kind of reveal if Alexander is actually gay, you know, um, but he can't do it in Russia. But I'm not really too sure about that part, you know, like um, that he was basically hiding his homosexuality because of his ostracization in his home country, which is such a shame. I don't know if they're touching on that in the film. Uh, I can't remember, to be honest, that bit. So, uh, yeah, he, he's they're all good. In the end, they all kind of, kind of, like, get together and everyone has their own end to their arc. You know, Eric reconciles with Sigrid's mother, who he could never be with. And, yeah, it's really interesting. So they've lost interest in basically winning the competition, but their feelings but are they more can, important. Yes, the feelings were more important, which really portrays that that thing, you know, in this movie, which is good. And they still continue singing, you know, in their hometown, like yeah. a small band. Yeah. And they have a beautiful baby. Yeah. And they were singing it together, the whole yeah. family that was cute. And remember the last part when they were like, can we sing a song from the Eurovision song? And they're like, Everybody no, everyone like, plays Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> So that Yaya Ding Dong, I think, is like a really kind of like great kind of like local local kind of favorite song, like a like a colloquial song. And (laughs) yeah, it's just so good. I mean, they played Yaya Ding Dong before and he didn't want to play after a while. You know, like it's something that everyone asks them to perform. Yeah. So it's It's a a fun song. It's a fun song. It's a nice little (laughs) kind of like. Ding dong, ding yeah. dong. It's all about like dr- I guess drinking and I just having know. a merry time. Yeah. I guess you know it's like a pub song. Yeah, so it's it's really cool and yeah. So the film you know is definitely worth watching. Yeah, I I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got great appearances from like you know ex winners from the Eurovision. Beautifully well shot. You know, really, really, really well done. Um, inspired by Will Ferrell's fondness for the actual show, because he was smitten from it because his wife is Swedish. 
so um, they watched the show together. Then he visited, um, you know, like the Eurovisions to kind of get a feel for it and then decided to make it. So it was a great film and a, and a great new film from Will Ferrell and the gang. And, you know, um, Pri, let's, let's rate this film. Let's give yeah. it some shields. Of course, let's give them shields. So I... what do you want to do? <laughs> okay, I'm starting first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so <clears throat> now uh, I'll definitely rate them for... So four shields. Yeah, I would give it a four too. I enjoyed it a lot. It's got a lot of nice replay value. Um, it's not boring. It's just exciting and fun. And you know, it's an underdog story, and I love those. So yeah, four shields for me. A really nice, fun film. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so yeah, um, that kind of wraps this podcast up, and it's been really great. I want to thank. Pre for joining me on this one. So thank you, Pre, for joining me. Thank you. And um, you can subscribe to Thor on Spotify, Anchor FM, which is where the show debuted. And um, you can also listen to us now on Castbox, which is another great big podcasting hub. And I'm very proud of that because uh, Castbox, um, you know, like just put us on there now. So it's really brilliant. So the show's growing. And we just would appreciate more subscribers, you guys sharing it if you like it. Get the word out that this podcast is out there. The House of Rep is a really fun podcast. It's from filmmakers for film lovers, game lovers, and more. So, yeah, stay tuned for another episode of The House of Rep.